You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? Welcome to a brand new Fresh Fright Review. It's your favorite horror podcast. We like to call it The Horror Podcast. We like to call it... Call me by your name. (laughs) All right, that was... (laughs) I got another confession to make! I'm Brain Stew! Stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. That no. I'm, I mean, I'm your dude. Brain okay. stew. Yeah. You're okay. here. He has to yeah. fulfill it. He all has right. to fulfill we went, we went the expectation little, of the listeners. We went from and... Dave Grohl to Eddie Vedder there, and not in a good way, but it's all right. And I'm feeling. Watch the zombie mom, evil dead rise, and the feeling. <laughs> okay. Now, now, now we're on fire, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. It's been a few weeks. Uh, you heard last of us when we did our spoiler-free review of Evil Dead Rise, and you would have gotten this full spoiler review to you much Brag. sooner. Brag! Brag! Uh, Brag! I was on uh, a trip to uh, CinemaCon, which I talked about in the first episode of Keaton Cast, which is currently an exclusive on our Patreon, so if you have not listened to that yet, go check that out. Uh, Brady joined me and just listened to me blab my mouth for 30 Yeah, minutes. I don't know who could win the award between Jeremy talking about The Thing and <laughs> Justin talking about CinemaCon over the past week. <laughs> because have, have I, I, but have I, have no. I really talked a lot about The Thing and the fact yeah. that it's the greatest yeah. fucking movie of all time and everyone should watch it and talk about it every single day of their life? I don't talk, talk about, about that so often, much right? that on the episode that you're not on, we still talk about it. <laughs> of course, every time that he's not on, we have to mention it, or else people will get pissed that we don't mention. The yeah, thing. last time Gerald was like, "Hey, before we log off, just remember, uh, you guys ever watch the thing?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you could you could watch whatever's is happening in theaters right now, or you, <laughs> you could watch a film about some gentlemen that are at an Antarctic research facility. Where they see a dog being chased by a helicopter. And this is not just any other, any ordinary dog. And you'll find out what that's about and this dog's intentions. That's my dog. That's my yeah. dog. I got a dog tattooed on my leg. It's not my, it's not not a, my dog. That's not a dog. That's a god. Yeah. That's a it's god. actually an angel. Okay. Someday on the show we'll tell the exact origin story of Melonhead, our lord and savior. I don't even think Jeremy knows. I love you, uh, Melonhead. The origin, the story of Melonhead. Um, but yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to talk about Evil Dead Rise. Full spoilers, Brady had an opportunity to see it three weeks after us because he sucks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're cool. Yeah. Um, but sorry we're late on this, but we're going to dig into this thing. Um, Jeremy, you did not get a chance to see it a second time, is that right? Uh, nope, I did not. You know, I was going to and then uh, just uh, kept living my fucking life. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think you should have done that. I think you should live your life. Uh, that's a I good was like, thing. yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go um, see it again, and I'm excited to see. It. And then I'll, I just, I just kept living. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still would love to. Uh, I just have not had an opportunity. Yeah. And getting back from the trip and seeing the Flash last week, it just kind of took yes. a lot out of me emotionally and all my excitement. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know if I can go back to the theater that quickly. Um, but Brady, like I said, you had an opportunity to finally see it. So. Yeah. Uh, Everyone out in the horror community, you've already seen it. seen it. I am pretty positive, based on all the reactions, every motherfucker that was going to see an Evil Dead movie in the theater did go see it. It made a bunch of money at the box office. Oh, yeah. uh, as of right now, on a budget of estimated 15 to $19 million, it's made $89.1 million fucking dollars, which I would put in a round of applause sound effect if I had it. Seriously, guys, the horror genre is so on fire. It's crushing it crushing it crushing yeah, it until uh 
David uh, Gordon Blue's fucking Exorcist Believer comes out. Jesus, Jesus. Christ. It's st- it's still going to make it's money. Still, I fucking know. It's still going to make know. money. Um, I was not there uh, for the CinemaCon presentation of that movie, but there was plenty of talk about it and what it was. I mean, it sounds like another random exorcism movie but i mean i that's that's my only issue is how are you going to make it an exorcist movie and not just another random exorcism movie i don't know uh play i mean play the theme music from the original i guess that's that's one thing i, I you know I, it's he, he literally took the blueprint from halloween 2018 and was like yeah we'll go ahead and do that again that worked it uh printed money and let's yeah, just go I, ahead and do that I think that'll be an ongoing oh, theme God, on this God, show God. until we finally get to see it, and we'll probably continue that Ruined theme my for a long time Halloween after we see it. <laughs> yeah, he's trash. Anyways. Oh, God. No, he's not trash. He's fucking fantastic in comedy. Righteous Gemstones is one of the funniest goddamn TV shows of all time. I think, well, I think we've accomplished... this isn't a comedy podcast, is it, Jeremy? That's true. Listen, so on this podcast, I'm gonna bring, trash. dude. It it ruined. It <laughs> if ruined. I had to trash or treasure David Gordon Green's horror career, it would be it'd be trashed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. He made one really good movie that I really love, but I can say Halloween 2018. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've we've been there. We've done that. I know. I have I, to bring it up I, anytime no. I can because I'm still hurt. <laughs> I am fucking hurt. Oh, I'm offended still. Know. It's all right, Jeremy. We're we're here for the you. The moment I start to forget, you have to bring it up again. I I'm hurt. It's, I wake up I, in I the middle of the it. night and I'm like, I'm thirsty. I hate Halloween kills and Halloween in. <laughs> Fuck. Start punching your and pillow. You, and, and you're hurting me in the process. See, Brady is easily he, he ignores it. He doesn't care. For me, it'll keep me up at night thinking yeah. about it. Like we're connected. You don't know my life. You don't know my struggles. Yeah, you don't, don't you know fucking ever I, assume? I know your life. Don't you assume don't that you, you know life. what keeps me up at night and what doesn't keep me up at night? <laughs> I do because I look like fucking day. Corey Cunningham. Okay, you think I, you think <laughs> I like yes, living with that? <laughs> you think you're I the like one that, that wants to grow your hair out longer? You already knew. Now you're growing it out longer to look like uh, Corey Cunningham. What are you going to be, Corey fucking Cunningham for Halloween this year? Robo yeah, Myers. Are you gonna be, I can't. Are you going to be faux Mike? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my God! You did it me. to yourself. That okay. Got me. <laughs> Anyways, I'm dying here. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, you've already seen the movie, but as we do, it is customary on this show to tell you the basic synopsis of the movie before we discuss it. Brady, it is your job to do that, so why don't you let our listeners know what Evil Dead Rise is all about. Yes, so, Evil Dead Rise, Beth and Ellie are two sisters who have grown apart in their adulthood, and one night, Beth surprises Ellie and her kids, Danny, Bridget, and Cassie, and stops by unexpectedly. Their reunion is then cut short when aspiring DJ Danny stumbles upon some very old records and one gnarly-looking book. And after playing the records, an evil is unleashed upon the family and everyone else in their crammed apartment complex. Pretty good? Yeah, but I thought that was and pretty good. I, I've got a... Evil hijinks ensue. Yeah, I've, got, I've got a better synopsis. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Zombie mom in limited location. That's the that's my song. Oh, that was it. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh. Succinct. Oh, zombie mom. Okay. Zombie mom. Straight to the point. Yeah. Uh, the image checks out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Crim's location. Yeah. It didn't look like they were very livable. Actually, they had a pretty big apartment. Yeah. Listen, and not only was it big, but they tried to make it look run down. And as I said in our spoiler free, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like a super beautiful historic building. And they had so much space. And based upon. The kid's record collection and his setup, they weren't poor. Now, I know she's a tattoo artist. We don't know if she was necessarily a struggling tattoo artist. We just know that her husband left her. This is their attempt at trying to do E.T. meets Evil Dead in a way where, you know, they're on their own. But seriously, look at look at the kid's record collection. If they were really hurting, the mom would be like, dude, fucking sell that shit right now. Vinyl is not cheap. It's expensive. Yeah. Well, she saw, I mean, that's where all the child support money was going, just to those vinyls. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the dude, dad, I'm telling you, records, the dad ditched out. The dad ditched out, so he's like, "Hey, son, I'm gonna buy you all this shit uh, to occupy your time and the fact that I'm just leaving you and he's my like, whole you're family. Gonna need, you're gonna need therapy, but we can't afford it yet. So I'm gonna get you vinyls instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brady's the expert with deadbeat dads. Is that what they do? Do they buy you stuff to make you feel better? Some of them. Some just some just don't ever say anything. Does it work though? Some return your mail. <laughs> some some send it back <laughs> when you're like six years old and trying to send a letter, being like, "I miss you, Dad." And it just bloop, return to sender. 
Return the sender. This shit says to dad. I don't, I, I don't know who that is. I'm sending He's that like, back. That ain't me anymore, bud. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, the, you know, I mean, we, can, oh, we can do an episode Christ. on my deadbeat dads. That's cool. No, but you know what, uh, Brady, you were the one to most recently or watch the movie, rather, for the first time. We know your history and how you view the Evil Dead franchise for the most part. Shit. Um, it's a very oh, we know that I hate Evil Dead strange too. Yeah, yeah. viewpoint yeah. that I don't think anyone in the entire world would ever agree with. But um, what were your initial thoughts, and, and and how did you feel going in? What were your expectations? Uh, yeah, I mean, going into it, I was pretty excited for it. Um, I think I can speak for all of us on this pod where we say we loved 2013's Evil Dead. I um, think it's masterpiece. think it's great. Masterpiece, um, yes. So I... You know, haven't been burned necessarily by this series as I have been with other franchises. Um, so I was excited, and I, I liked that they were bringing Evil Dead into a different setting uh, and following characters. We can get more into my review later, but different characters than Ash and or a core group of friends that resemble the same ones from the original franchise. Um, so, aside from a few minor issues I had with the movie, I came into the theater very pleased with it. I think that Lee Cronin did what I personally expected to see with like any new additions to a horror franchise or IPs. I think that he nailed it in terms of atmospheric horror with this industrial, gloomy, claustrophobic apartment complex setting that still manages to be a believable enough setting for the movie. Because uh, like at no point was I thinking, okay, there's no way that this could happen here. There are other flaws with the movie, sure, but I was like, location works for me. Um, and then while I do have a few issues with the characters in the scripts, they aren't big issues to me because they do their job. Like, apart from Ash and the Evil Dead, I think all the other characters were just fodder. And I think that Alyssa Sutherland did a really phenomenal job as Possessed Ellie and was very creepy for me. Um, and also, the best fucking part, the movie kills fucking kids. Could you try again? What the fuck was that? That wasn't in my house. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what oh was that? God. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we might have a demonic possession on this episode live. What the fuck is that? I don't I don't have any electronics down here, so is that <laughs> oh your house, God, Justin? It's because you, you guys were shitting on the movie. You know what's happening to me now? <laughs> no, listen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I my, my phone is never anywhere near me when I record. It's super far away, so it doesn't even vibrate, so you guys don't hear that. Yeah. None of my dogs are in here snoring right now. I'm totally alone. There's nothing else that could possibly make that sound. So, uh, okay. Right, well, let's see. Is anyone anyone have a record player and they're spinning a, a record on it right now? I mean, now I went something? to a bookstore and found a book and just like kind of opened it while I was doing this. Okay, Brady. Uh, but anyways, fucking everything up <laughs> as usual. Going back to the rest of my review, um, you know, it, it kills fucking kids, and I love any movie that will kill kids. Um, did it blow me away? No. But it entertained me, and it made me grimace and feel uneasy with its horror, and that's all I need from an Evil Dead movie to enjoy it. So, I mean, but you you nailed it on the head. Incidentally, I feel like by saying that it was what you expected to see in an Evil Dead movie, which is why in the spoiler-free episode I called it "Paint by Numbers Evil Dead" because mm -hmm. <clears throat> they literally were just like, "Well, what's everything that's worked traditionally in this franchise?" Okay, let's have a checklist. And we go boom, 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 boom. And they, that's kind of what they did. And, yeah, you changed the location to an apartment complex. But, honestly, they kept it still so limited. Where, like, when you think about the original Evil Dead movies, right? Like, there was the woods. There was the trip in the car. There was, you know them trying to escape and going to a bridge and the bridge is gone. Like you still had a few locations outside of just inside of a cabin, right? Well, evil dead rise. It's the same fucking thing where it's like, okay, you get a couple shots of outside of the apartment complex. You get the garage, you get the elevator, you get the hallway and you get the interior of the apartment to where it's like, okay, there are multiple levels uh, of this apartment complex. There's hundreds of people living inside of this apartment building. And that's all you gave us. Like I was excited at the prospect of a full scale dead. eye fucked up apartment complex, like chaotic thing. 
And I feel like that's not what we got. And you might as well have kept the film in a cabin in the woods because essentially it was the exact same thing. You didn't do anything with the setting, I feel like. The elevators and the parking garage are realistically the only things that I was like, okay, I mean, at least that was cool. But I feel like they could have done so much more. And when they announced Evil Dead Rise and the location of it, of course, everybody was like, oh, cool. It's like Demons 2. But fuck. Mm -hmm. Demons 2, man. Like, that's how you do it. Like, if you're going to go big and set your movie in, inside of an apartment high-rise, fucking do it. Don't don't yeah. just, well, we'll do these three or four little locations within the building, and that's it. And then they, I, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go on mine. I'm going to go. I'm going to say my piece. Go. I'm going. going. All right, because now I'm, I'm fucking, I'm fucking feeling it. I'm fucking feeling it. I'm going to go. So then you have a building, like I said, with hundreds of people, and you really only give us four other characters? And then, to be fair, you, they did mention that everybody had to move out and that they only yeah, had like a, until the end of the month. Why? So moved out. Why? Doesn't that defeat the purpose of having them in a massive exactly. complex? Exactly. And so I'm like, well, okay, so you're in the fucking building with still way more people. And I'll, I'll give you that, Brady. But let's just, there's still way more people living in there. And yet you only give us four other characters. And then they those characters were kind of interesting. And then I'm going to, you know, obviously this is a spoiler review. So spoilers, motherfuckers. Uh, they die. They instantly kill them. Most of them off camera instantly just to immediately, I guess, try and make the stakes higher for the people inside the building or inside of the, the family inside of the apartment uh, to make the stakes higher. Like, oh, shit, they've already wasted everybody else. Now it's just these core characters left and we're only at the middle of the movie. Maybe not even the middle of the movie. It's kind of like beginning of the second act. So it's like that blew me. Like, even as I was watching the movie, I was like, that's it for them? Like, dude, I liked those two brothers. I liked the fucking redneck neighbor with the shotgun that seemed like he was going to be the one that had a plan and would have had no problem going fucking to battle with these deadites. And then you you had the other concerned neighbor. Like, all of those characters were interesting, and then they waste them instantaneously. The moment zombie mom comes into the picture and she's like, oh, let me in the house, darling. You know, like, she they fucking waste... They've, <laughs> oh, nothing a kiss can make better from you. Doodly doodly do. Like, like that's fucking. You waste those characters, and I was like, all right, well that sucks. I I don't like that. Even in the moment of enjoying the movie, I was like, I don't like that. But here we go. Still gonna give it a fair shake. So like, that just sucked. Um, everything was was fine. This movie was fine. I enjoyed it. Um. It's it's a solid Evil Dead movie because I feel like they they stayed in the lines and they painted, you know, I, they have to do something different for the next one. Like it's got to be bigger. If that means giving it an even bigger budget, that's what you got to do. Um it can't be small cuz even though this like feels like it maybe it feels like it should be a bigger movie than what it really was. And the, the kind of the promise of the, the setting change made it seem like it was going to be that bigger movie, and then that wasn't it. And this movie was not supposed to go theatrical at all. It was supposed to go direct to streaming, but then the test screenings were so positive. Like, they did one test screening, and the it was through the roof. They did another test screening through the roof, and, like, there's a reason they kept screening this movie all over the place because they're like, are we sure? Is this, is this right? Everybody fucking, all right, we're going theatrical. And they made the right move because this movie's made so much fucking money. So I don't know if that's why they kept it smaller because initially it was supposed to go streaming. But either way, Evil Dead is a beloved franchise. So whatever they do next, which, you know, of course, like we said in the spoiler-free review, it's supposed to be... Uh, that the original Evil Dead trilogy and Evil Dead 2013 are all connected to this new film. All of the films are connected because it's different Necronomicons in the different franchises, or, you know, the different iterations of, of Evil Dead. So uh, apparently their plan is for the next one 
to bring Ash back, to bring Mia back and have um, yes. uh, the, the surviving character from from this film to come back and it's supposed to be like an epic team up. So the only thing that I can think of is like, okay, like the film ends with the evil like being out there. It's out it's out in the world now. It 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 ends with it still being out there. There was no happy storybook ending like, oh, okay, well, they stopped it. It's like, no, it's still out there. So so yeah. yeah. You know, maybe they're going to, you know, each have their Necronomicons and they're going to be trying to stop the Deadites uprising. And that sounds fucking rad to me. And I know we're talking about Evil Dead Rise, and now I'm just talking about uh, what I want to see out of the next thing. But um, this movie was was satisfying from the eye candy of it being a very well-made horror film. Uh, however, we walked out still kind of bummed uh, when we watched it. Um, it. The whole group of people that, that we watched it with kind of walked out and we're like, you know, that was fine. Didn't love it. So I mean that's kind of kind of my take on it so far. I'm I'm super curious what what you guys think. But uh, once I started going, I was like, all right, I gotta. No man, that's it, well. And, yeah, and, you mean... know, hold on, hold on, one, one more second. I'm sorry. All right, I'm jumping back in. I'm jumping back in. Oh my I'm going. god! All right, I was done, but fine. I'm, I'm, going, I'm jumping back in. Now. Okay. So another thing is that there's also like, at least in Evil Dead 2013, there was some a little bit of redemption, right? through some of the, the character arcs in this. Like, there was no character development. Um, they gave just enough that they wanted you to invest in this emotionally. Um, but not fully. You know what I mean? Like, like with, with Evil Dead 2013, I feel like they, they, they were like, hey, we don't want to tell just another, you know, s- storybook Evil Dead movie where it's like everything that you come to expect. Like, we want to put some heart and some soul and some struggles of, like, addiction and family and different things in here and they succeeded with this one it was just like well uh sister is coming home from being on tour with a rock band she's pregnant other sister has just been left by her husband and now she's raising these kids and it was kind of like there you go there's your backstory now you should feel empathetic with these characters and that wasn't the case you didn't do enough with it for me to really give a shit um, so why even do it in the first place? Exactly, is, is you might you might as well issue. have just pulled an original Evil Dead trilogy and just made it so over the top and fucking crazy that you you that you go you know what that was a that was a fucking roller coaster ride of a movie, uh, but it goddamn it was fun and that was it. Instead, you you try to go the story route, but you don't go all in on that. You do just enough of a thread of a narrative that you think the audience, because we're horror fans, right? Like, we watch stupid movies. They think that we're fucking stupid. So <laughs> that's that's like what I what I feel like. That's what I feel like. Like studios feel like, dude. Like I feel like no, studios I- feel like we're we're dumb, and it's like, okay, well now we're gonna do this, and they're gonna fucking absolutely the the other mindless horror you know fodder that these these people that come to watch these movies watch. They're gonna fucking fully be invested in this. And that wasn't so the l- case. Let me let me jump in real quick because, dude, like, I understand what you guys are saying, and I, like I said, we love 2013, but like, you don't listen. I didn't say anything. You don't yet. need to reinvent the <laughs> wheel here. Like, I don't need a redemption arc. I want the original fucking Evil Dead, nihilistic, no fucking hope, suffocating. That's what I want. I don't need there to be a redemption like Mia had. I liked that in 2013, but that can stay with that. Like, again, I think a lot of people, Jeremy, I talked to you about this. I think a lot of people get caught up with the character of Ash, and rightfully so, but I, you know, he's the only one that really fucking mattered in the original trilogy. And then I think that the characters in 2013 were so fucking close to those original characters. And I know that at the end, it's like, all right, well, it's not really a reboot or a remake. It's, you know, whatever you want to call it. But like, they were close enough that you thought that they were similar characters and they had their differences, and that's great, different storyline. But like, I think people get so caught up in Ash. And that if anything changes, they're going to hate it. That's the problem, though, is that I do want something different, which is why I'm complaining about yeah, about the I, location I, I, honestly... and things like that. Is because I mean, I, I'm also the first person that said in Scream Six that I was stoked as fuck that Sidney Prescott was not coming back because it wasn't just a recycling of shit that we've we've gotten time and time again. That's the same thing I want from this. I don't need Ash to have a good time with an Evil Dead movie. 
I don't need Ash either. Actually, I don't need him at all. And 2013 proved that. I loved Ash versus Evil Dead, and for those fans that feel that Ash is the Evil Dead franchise, you were given a gift of three seasons of a great show, and I feel like people should be so thankful and appreciative that we got that show, uh, that it actually happened, and it was as good as it was. But for me, Evil Dead is not about Ash. This is not a Bond or Batman or Michael Myers and Halloween situation where I need that character in order for these movies to work. Now, Brady, what you said a few minutes ago, you are correct. They don't need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, They did check the boxes. It's exactly what you're saying. You're agreeing with Jeremy in the sense that the movie does give you what you've come to expect from an Evil Dead movie. On the other hand, 2013 raised the bar, uh, gave it emotional weight, gave it a character that you could root for for real in a real-life setting. And here, what they're trying to do is that they're not I don't think that they're trying to dumb it down. They're just not doing a good enough job with the material and the characters. That's why the movie does not fully succeed. We have Lily Sullivan, and she's brilliant as this this character, Beth, who is the sister who I mean, I guess we find out in the opening uh, introduction to her character that she is pregnant. Um, And she finds out in a dingy bathroom at a venue. I mean, there's no shittier place than that to find out you're pregnant. Um, And and, and I agree with you as well, Brady, that Alyssa Sutherland, and this is going to go down in horror history as uh, one of the great modern horror performances. She's brilliant as Ellie, um, both before and after she turns. And there's a lot of great things about those characters. The issue is you're, you're presenting something to the audience in which in which we're expected to just fall into and connect with these characters, but you don't do enough with the act, the material that's on paper and then present it to the audience in a visual manner. That's the issue. They're not hammering at home, so why do it in the first place at all? It feels like we're being tricked. It feels like it's cheap. It feels like he felt like maybe I don't need to develop those characters anymore. They'll just fall in line with what they expect from these movies, and it's going to be acceptable, and they'll cheer, and they'll love it, and that's fine. And in my opinion, that's bullshit. I think that's bad filmmaking. Now, I think Lee Cronin did a, 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 you know, a journeyman's job, a fantastic job with the movie overall. I think there's a lot to like in what he did. But if you're going to try to present us with compelling characters that we're supposed to connect with on a deep emotional level, then fucking do it. Don't half-ass it. Don't don't give me a character that's uh, half of the way developed and then, like, let go of it. All right, all, right, all the blood and guts is happening now, so you can stop caring. And I know a lot of people came out um, after me specifically um, is saying that the character um, of Cassie, played by Nell Fisher, the, the little girl was that character that I mean she's great in the movie but I didn't feel all that large of a connection no, from that no. character you know and, and and I should have and that's my point and there I've was, got I've got I think young the, daughters man and like even still I wasn't like oh man I hope nothing happens to her they didn't develop her enough excuse me for me to like have any sort of connection for me to want this character to be protected like my main point of view on this is is it okay then? So are we saying it's okay to half-ass character development based on your script, which on paper it seems like you were trying to write something that was character-driven and also an Evil Dead movie. Like, you can see where they were trying to go with it. That's why it was so frustrating for me because it only gets halfway there. It never gets all the way there. And I dare say this. I mean, everyone on film Twitter and horror Twitter is saying, like, it's so bloody. It's bloodier than 2013. Get the fuck out of here. Are you fucking kidding me? It's nowhere near as visceral, nowhere near as brutal, nowhere near as as terrifying even as that movie at all. Yes, it has its moments. It's got blood and it's got some gore and it's there in spades, but it's nowhere near that. And also, I'm just going to say it, the cheese grater. Lackluster. Absolutely. And like, but what's so strange about this movie, guys, is that even though I say all these things that I dislike about it, like, it still was so insanely entertaining. And there were so many moments that I was like, oh, that, that was fucking rad. That it was still enough for me to be like, I did not hate it. I still enjoy it. But I, I can see where I thought it was going to go and what I thought it was going to be. And it wasn't that because I feel like they just didn't 
land it. And that is what frustrates me. Um, and on top of everything that I've already said about it, like, it's just a strange thing to have a movie where it's like, you know, I know I just said a bunch of shit that I, that I did not like about it, but I still liked so much of the other stuff enough that I'm like, man, I, I, I can't say it's a bad movie and I enjoy it for what it is, I suppose. I mean, going back to like the character development, I get what you guys are saying about that. I mean, I'm the first one on this podcast to always say like, I need more character development, but I guess I felt like these characters, the story was straightforward enough. It's a broken home. The dad left. They don't know what they're doing. The sisters aren't really friends anymore. They're not there for each other. Family is the focus. But I didn't need it to be character-driven by anyone specifically. I thought ending it with Beth and Cassie getting away and then being strong and resilient, I think that that was enough for me to carry it through. Um, Would I have liked to see more development? If you could have done it, sure, but I think in the short runtime you had, it was it was enough for me to be uh, like, cool. I, I don't think that they, it's not a matter if they couldn't or shouldn't. They should have and they could have. I, d- um, I didn't Any movie it. can do, any movie, well, you're saying you didn't need yeah. it. So then again, then we don't need uh, this family core unit. We don't need these characters at but all. But I, I don't if need If you're a- not going to take the time to invest us in them that deeply, then don't do it half You don't need a fucking, you don't did. need a two hour long investment into this family, dude. You don't need you it You got enough when they just said, hey, the dad fucking left. We have to get out of here. We don't know where we're going. I'm not family Brady, the movie's with you only anymore. an hour, hour and a half. You hour don't need that minutes, much right? investment. You don't need that. Dude, give me, listen. I'm not saying what I need. I'm saying what they fucking wrote on the paper and what they tried to make in the movie, and they failed at that. That's what I'm saying. But I don't think they it's failed. What because I need. I don't think they failed because the movie doesn't need that. Like I don't think that they tried to do something. Then, and then don't write it. the characters. Then then don't write the characters. What characters in do that you want? Emotionally, I I don't care. What I'm trying to say is, if you're going to, they wrote it. Yes. That's what it is. It, then do it. They right. absolutely tried to convey that they wanted you to feel an emotional reaction to this family and what the family's going for. And you they, they want you to invest in these characters, but they themselves did not invest in the characters while writing it enough, 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 enough. for that to truly happen. Um, you know, the horror in general has been changing and it's been shifting and some some call it what's the dreaded words that we call it elevated horror and that's not it's not a real thing it's just horror that is more heartfelt that's telling stories that are compelling and character driven character driven right this movie wanted to be character driven by giving these backstories on these characters that they want you to invest in but they didn't land it because they didn't do it enough. They didn't. They did not do enough in the script to make me invest in I, it. I don't even think the movie needs to be all that much longer. My point of view on this is Brady. If you gave me five minutes more, give me a few moments with these characters to really connect with them. For real, then the stakes would have been much higher because that is the point of what they are writing. They want you to connect with them. You want. They want you to feel that there's children in danger, this family unit. This is different than the other Evil Dead movies because in the other ones, they're just teenagers or early 20-somethings. Yep. You know what I mean? Or older people. Like, here we have children in danger, so of course we're supposed to care. So they tried. What I'm saying is they didn't land it as hard as they possibly could have. And that's why I'm frustrated by the movie. I still agree with Jeremy that it's enjoyable. Uh, it does check all the boxes of what you expect. You get the fucking Dutch angle, fast zoom in uh, from Sam Raimi that he does very well here. Uh, I think the setting in terms of the building, uh, we you know kind of compared it to the Evil Dead, excuse me, the Child's Play building mm-hmm. from the first Child's Play. You nail this iconic imagery of the, the location. Um, you know, we already talked about how we didn't really care for the Deadite design very much, um, but you know. It's just, if, if for me, it felt like it just didn't quite get there. And I think that's okay. I, I mean, it, it's not a masterpiece. It's not one of my favorite Evil Dead movies, but I can say confidently still it. Um, that it, there's no bad Evil Dead movies. Yeah. And that's that's totally fine. I just, I wish that it went that extra mile, gave me a little bit more to make me care. Because in my opinion, I think that Auntie Beth 
should have been as compelling as Mia from 2013. There's no goddamn reason why she shouldn't have been. Um, it's on there on the paper. It, it's on the screen. They could have done a little bit more with her, but she didn't quite get there for me. I'm not going to call her an iconic horror character because she didn't quite get there for me. But that's fine. That doesn't mean every movie needs to have one. But you can tell with what they were setting out to do. They were trying to create. There was also no suspense in the movie. Like, that's another thing. Like, it was, yeah, there's horrific things happening, but there was no real cat or mouse or anything that you were, you know, holding your breath over. Like, there was no real suspense in the movie. Um, Another issue that I had with it while it's still being insanely fun to watch. It's it's like I said, this movie is strange for me because I when I go back and I think of it I like I have all these qualms, but I go, well well fuck, that was still a really great time. Yeah. And going back to something that I, I really didn't like in the movie, Jeremy, you touched on it too, is that that whole scene where the supporting characters are just wiped out. Ugh. You know, like I I think it's definitely like blue balls in there. But also like this is what I'm, and I'm not going to get into my hate on Evil Dead 2, but a lot of my issues with Evil Dead 2 stem from they went the pure comedy route. And I feel like this movie had such a nasty, sinister tone to it until this point. And then the eyeball kill, where the eyeball gets spit into the kid's throat and he chokes, I said, I'm fucking, like, this is insane. Like, why is this happening right now? Like, I don't See, I that. loved that. But I, I don't <laughs> See, I loved that. that. So, again... It goes into what I need, what you need, what you want, what I want, but like... Well, it's also, like you said, it, it, and again, we're talking about what checks the boxes, yeah. and I felt like the movie's nowhere near funny. And yeah. and again, p- people are shocking me by being like, it's funny, it's scary. I'm like, where was there any... F- I didn't laugh at all during the entire fucking movie. Like, it's not... There's a couple fun... There's a satirical couple funny either. Yeah, but it's not satirical in the sense of like what Evil Dead 2 is, or not even laugh out loud funny like Army of Darkness. Right. Um, you know, the first movie is played straight and comes off as funny because of the way that it's made. <laughs> yeah. You know you know, you know what know, is funny it's, though? It's, it's, it's is when in the cinematic masterpiece 1982's John Carpenter's The Thing when oh the Norris God. Spiderhead starts crawling <laughs> across the floor and and Palmer goes, "You got to be fucking kidding." That was funny. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, I laughed every time. I mean, that that's probably the only light moment in that entire movie. That's probably the funniest movie in cinematic dread. history actually oh god but you know no i I know what you're saying in terms of expectation versus uh final product i just the movie's fun the movie is entertaining it's It's fine yeah it's a solid evil dead movie and and fast pace is a good thing because that's how it made so much money an hour and a half runtime more runtimes during the day at the theater Mm -hmm. more people going to see it and you know i'm happy for the people that are loving this thing I didn't hate it. That's the thing. I, I guess in the end, I'm just more, much like Jeremy, we're just frustrated by what the possibilities were that you can see while watching the movie versus what it actually turned out to be. But again, that's not the end-all, be-all. I would still champion Lee Cronin to see him make another sure. one. You know, I think, he, I think he showed here what his chops were, and he did a fantastic job overall. Um I would just like a little more creativity. And I do have to say off the bat, I loved the opening. I loved the opening. I loved that we didn't really know where we were, what was going on. Um, when the title sequence popped up, I mean, everyone cheered. It was really oh, exciting. Oh, dude, I, I greatest title sequence it out of pretty well. any fucking Evil Dead movie. Yeah, I, I probably agree with oh, that. Yeah. Even though I would, I have to say the opening of 2013 is mean, terrifying, oh, yeah. brutal. And oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but dude, the fucking the the film logo rising up above the water yeah. in the background with the with the chick levitating over the water. Holy fucking shit! It's like, dude, make that a painting. Like, I want to own that painting. Holy you shit! You know what else really did it for me was when Danny finds the book under the bank, and dude. it's like all the crosses hanging everywhere. Yes, like that really dude, did it for me. They do the 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 set dressing man was yeah. was the 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 set design was unbelievable on that and you know you definitely felt it when he went down there with with some of the ominous score and mm-hmm. and how they decorated the set it was just dude super super creepy uh, I definitely dug that too and I I did love that they put uh basically it was a bank that was below you know like 
they covered this this old bank up with with a parking garage for this apartment complex. Like the bank's gone. The only thing that still remains is like the vault below, and it's been sealed all this time. And you know, a previous owner of the Necronomicon had it sealed in the bank. Like I love that. I think that's such a brilliant idea for what to do with the Necronomicon and how to find the Necronomicon. I, f- I felt like that was wildly inventive, and I really liked that. Yeah, and I also, I th- I think any time that there is an old record playing, that whirring, winding up, echoey, feedback full noise of somebody screaming, like, I loved that. And I thought this one... Great concept. I think this one was... It didn't land all the time for me, where it's, like, at a conference where, like, a priest is talking to a bunch of other priests about what he wants to do, like... That was a little off for me, but it still was ominous and it was creepy, and especially as he's going through, and then it, it turns into the actual demonic uh, voice. Loved that. Now, is this true, Jeremy? Did you hear that apparently the voice on the record is Bruce? He, he was, uh, his voice was the voice that said, burn it, we have to burn it, get rid of it, or whatever the fuck it was. But yeah, that, that was him. It, it, was, it was a voice cameo. Um, That's pretty cool. And... There, there's a lot of speculation that it wasn't that he wasn't portraying another character. That he was, he, there's people in theories that suge- suggest that that was actually Ash. You know, trying to say, hey, burn it, like, cause he, you know, maybe, you know, obviously he, he, he knows more than anyone what the book is capable of. So, um, who knows? You know, that that's for the filmmakers to decide what that is. You yeah. know, uh, where where do you go from here? You know, I would like to think that, you know, obviously they're like the character of Cassie, the little girl, um, you know, what they wanted was they wanted her to be a character like Newt from Aliens. Uh, again, didn't resonate, didn't resonate with me like how Newt does in Aliens. But I, I think it would be cool in the next one if, you know, obviously the the Deadites are out in the world and they're fucking shit up if. You know, it's been several years, and now she's a little bit older, and you you can make her that badass. Still have her have Staffany, you know, stuff like that. I I feel like would be cool for for the next film. Bro, like you said about Scream, just do the same thing for Evil Dead. Put it on a cruise. Put it on ship. a fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you... Well, here's the thing, though. Honestly, think about it logically, guys. I mean, a cabin in the woods at night. It's scary, you know. Uh, this apartment building in the imagery. They tried to make it look dingy. It was nice looking. But you know what I mean? It's scary. Where do you put it where it's scary? Where it can where be tra- much larger and scary? you're trapped like, in the middle you, of the fucking A prison? A, pr- a prison or, right, pick, picture you know, this. like on I got a, it. Uh, I got it. Hit me. All right. Let's hear it. Give it to me. You're an eight-year-old child. Give it to me, baby. The electricity, uh-huh. in, your, the electricity in your house goes out. You start walking back to your room. And this demon comes down the stairs, and it's just your naked fucking dad. Oh <laughs> and his dick fucking God. slapping you in the forehead. Just like that. Just like that. Sounds like Fap. throwing baloney at a wall. Fap! <laughs> uh. I, think that's, I think that's how you make it scary. I, per- I personally would find that terrifying. Fap! But no, you're right. I mean, I would like to see it, like, if you're going to go the still the isolated enclosed route instead of an apartment complex you could do the cruise ship and then have you have more fodder like jeremy you were saying you want it wanted from this apartment that cruise ship like there's no getting out i I wanted it too i mean i think a lot of people if you're gonna have more characters that's what we want to see we haven't seen that i mean you ash versus evil dead did it in in a cool way where you see lots of people getting off at the same time um it would just be cool to see a larger scale environment where you know these deadites can go crazy and, and, and it's not so condensed into one small location. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what they were trying to do in making it claustrophobic. I, I assume that it worked for some people. For me, it didn't necessarily work all that well. Um, but you know what? Getting into final thoughts and, and getting to our trash or treasure, I, you know, I agree with a lot of what both of you said. Um, the movie does a good job. It, it's a good movie. And I think that's, I mean, for some people, that's all it really needs to be. Uh, for myself, I was just ex- not necessarily just expecting more, but hoping for more based on the material being represented and the movie that I watched. And, you know, it's 
it's fine that it wasn't the best. I think it's a great start. I'd still love to see Lee Cronin do more of these movies or more horror movies in general. And the key thing is, guys, I'm just happy to see this franchise back. Back in theaters and fucking balling it at the box office, destroying it. And it's just better for horror overall. It's just great to be a horror fan right now. So, I mean, overall, I got to kick it and say, I'm going to treasure this thing, even though it wasn't the best Evil Dead movie or my favorite Evil Dead movie or the most memorable. It did check the boxes and it did a valiant effort. So that's it for my thoughts on that. Brady, we'll head over to you for your final thoughts and trash it or treasure it. Yeah. Um, you know, like like I said, this movie has its flaws and... Jeremy, I think that you did a really good job of summing them all up. Um, <laughs> when I talked for five minutes straight, sorry yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, you're right. Like, there are things missing from this movie, and if you're not looking for a paint-by-numbers Evil Dead movie, then it's probably going to upset you like it, like it did for you guys, frustrated you. Um, going into an Evil Dead movie, I just want really a paint-by-numbers movie. And when I get something like you. when I get something like 2013 that is different, <laughs> it's very exciting. But I don't go into it expecting that, you know. Like that was such a breath of fresh air. That was such a surprise to me when I saw that. Um, and so this one, I you know didn't say I wanted another 2013. I wanted just I wanted to check the boxes, and for me, it did that. Um, the development. I think that they did a fine job. I didn't feel cheated out of it. I felt like they presented this family. They presented, you know, their troubles that they were going through and then sent them on their way. Um, that being said, is it my favorite Evil Dead movie? No. It's probably, I'd probably put it as my third favorite Evil Dead movie. Um, but yeah, I, I got to treasure it. Um, I will not go see it again in theaters, but I'll watch it when it's, when it's out. And it's streaming. Like, it, it, it is fun and it is gory. Uh, and so I, I don't have enough issues wrong with it where I'm going to say I'm not going to watch it again. Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm stoked that this movie exists. Yeah. Unlike Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Fuck those movies, okay, guys? Fuck those goddamn movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to circle back to that any fucking chance I get. You hear me, fucking David Gordon Blue? Motherfucker. Um... Fucking Michael Myers jizzing in a sewer. Fucking idiot. Um, so, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, think, we should just think... officially rename the, the, the podcast. We hate Halloween kills and Halloween ends. David Gordon podcast. Green sucks. But in the David Gordon Green in, sucks in podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're great in comedy. Underneath, underneath yeah. You're great. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm stoked that this movie exists, and uh, I'm I'm even more excited that they've come out and said, "Hey, you're not gonna have to wait another ten years for a sequel. We're we're hoping to put, you know, some Evil Dead movies together, you know, two and three years apart from each other. So that's that's really exciting because it's got the core creative team that have been behind all of them. You know, you've got Rob Tapper, you've got Sam Raimi, you've got Bruce Campbell, and they're still you know, steering this ship and have their hands creatively involved. And that's why I feel like we are getting quality control. It's not like some of the other, you know, beloved franchises that have kind of, there's been passing of hands of the franchise. This one has been steerheaded from the people who have been there since day one that created this thing. So that's awesome. And I, I'm, I'm very excited to hear that we're going to continue getting Evil Dead movies for, for years to come. And I'm glad that it's slaying at the box office. It just means that, it's going to make studio heads more confident in greenlighting more horror films because they're going to go, hey, horror is making money at the box office, like hand over fist. So let's let's get more. So and just also, take a chance on Salem's Lot. Also, I'm telling Jeremy, you, take and a and chance and on Salem's Lot. Horror is making money. Just let it flop, okay? Just give me the movie. Okay, we, we all know how much you want Salem's Lot, but what I was going to say, Sorry. as I rudely cut off Jeremy, is that this studio particularly that owned the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street, which you explained to me they no longer do. But this will show them, like, this is what we need next. Like, this needs to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need a new a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And I'm hoping that all of these other franchises making shitloads of money will finally open the eyes to somebody to be like, we're going to finally do it. Yeah. You know, so. Um, hoping. Hoping. So, I mean, I, I, I still had a really good time with this. Though. Again, there were parts in the movie that I was like, well, did not like that. 
but there were other parts that I was like, man, this is this is fucking awesome. When all the deadites fucking joined like a transformer of fucking deadites at the end, that oh that, yeah, that was fantastic. That, I love that. I fucking I love that. I think that was cool. I feel like it could have been shot a little bit better, maybe at the at the end. Um, but they didn't go digital on it, so I I respect it either way. Uh, but uh, dude, it's it was such a fun ride despite not being a home run. So I'm going to treasure this movie because I am going to watch it um, probably a lot, man. You know, because it's, it's a solid horror film, but it could have been a fucking masterpiece. And that's it for this episode. Our Fresh Fright spoiler-filled review of Evil Dead Rise. Let us know what you thought of the movie in the comment section of the post you're seeing this episode on. If you like what you're hearing, if you love what you're hearing, if you think Brady's take a shit every single week and you want to tell him so, okay. or you want to talk about his mic volume, which we recently got an iTunes review about, um, we heard you on that, um, leave us a review on iTunes, or you can do a star review on Spotify. Uh, no, that they made some good input. That's all. They just said that he needs to turn his. They, they like they his said, voice. Speak they up, little his, little baby bitch, Brady. They said, "Hey, uh, turn your fucking microphone up, you fucking bitch, or I'll come to your house and slap you." I mean, no, actually, it's not what they said. They were very nice, but um, thanks for listening. And uh, we're all over the social media. Yes, at Epic Film Guys on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, literally everywhere you want to find. Everywhere. Us. We're. I mean. And uh, B Ready has a private Instagram account. If you want to PM him, and yeah, I don't need people who comment on my mic volume to try to stuff. find me without my permission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving them permission. You're on a public show. This is public, so they have public access to you. Be ready, but until next time. Sorry. Well, <laughs> why are you apologizing to me? You're the star of the show. I know. Um, Anyways, <laughs> uh, I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm Beretti. And as always, we like to ask you to keep, keep it. Creepy. Break you.